The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bleed green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good undefeated Tuesday morning, everybody. Johnny Mac with Johnny Mac. The Mac and Mac guys here on Bird 365. Four weeks in the rearview mirror. Hey, up and down four weeks in the rearview mirror. And then undefeated four weeks in the rearview mirror. It's pretty good when you're up and down and a little inconsistent. Oh, by the way, you're undefeated. That's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, we're here to talk about what the Eagles have done in their first four weeks and start to look ahead. This upcoming weekend against the Rams out in L.A. Eagles having to go coast to coast for game number five. Johnny Mack yesterday had a chance to hear from the Eagles head coach on his day after press conference. Anything surprising? Anything enlightening? Anything par for the course? What was your take from what Coach Sirianni had to say yesterday? I think it was a little bit more honest than usual. Um especially with Cam Jurgens and, and the plan there. That surprised me. In fact, I had the first question, and I didn't want to burn it on Cam Jurgens because I assumed he'd give no, no information. And he did uh, give some information, mainly that it's week to week. So in Eagles parlance, parlance that means he's not playing this week. Um, which is big because obviously it's the L.A. Rams and Aaron Donald. And any kind of, you know, ended the speculation, it's going to be Sue Opeta because there's a lot of ways they could go with Tyler Steen, uh, Jack Driscoll. You can move him back inside. He's done it before. Uh, but they were – and he did play pretty well, forced into action against Washington. Um, so the fact that he uh, let that – cat out of the bag is a little bit different uh, than what he usually does. Uh, 
but Sua probably earned it. Um, and yeah, it was very honest about Tyler Steen. And I, I'm trying to get the exact quote. Uh, I think you see where we lie right now between Sua and Tyler. Sua has been up and Tyler's been at inactive. So Sua would be the next man up. That's as concrete as it ever gets for, right. for Nick when it comes to injury type situations. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And I didn't uh, get to watch any game film or anything like that. And as the game is ongoing, I, I got it taped. I haven't gone back and, and rewatched it yet, but I didn't notice Sua Opeta when he was in there. That's the first thing you want to say about an offensive lineman is you didn't notice him. If you didn't notice him, that means he's probably done a pretty damn good job because you only notice him when he gets beat, when he makes a mistake, when he jumps offside like Landon Dickerson. Uh, so that was a good sign. And I guess after the official game breakdown, he must have graded out pretty well. I know Sirianni said even Lane came up to him after the game and said, Hey, you know, Sue did real well. <laughs> right next to me. We had no issues whatsoever, whatsoever with Jerkins out of the game. When you get the stamp of approval from uh, the best right tackle in all of football, that's probably going to add to uh, the discussion as to, yeah, let's just keep this guy right where he is at right guard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the offense as a whole was more effective when he was in there. So that uh, factors into it as, as well. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's all you can hope for when you lose a player in game. Uh, and I thought, you know, looking at the PFF numbers, it's surprising he was much better in a, as a pass blocker than a run blocker. And that's typically the 180. He's typically pretty good as a run blocker and struggles in pass protection. So we'll see. I mean, big test this week. I mean, the Rams are going to circle that. Like, make no mistake uh, because they move. Aaron them around and they, they, they're going to understand. I mean, they're They got that circled. So uh, he's going to need some help, but everybody needs some help against Aaron Donald. And the, you know, you'll see a lot of Kelsey sliding over to help uh, Sue as much as possible against one of the greatest uh, defensive players of all time, to be honest. Uh, so, uh, but we got plenty of time to talk about that game. Um, and, and, and by the way, they would have circled Cam Jurgens too. So, you know, that they, they would have went after Cam as well. Right. So, um, it, it, it'll be a watch, a, a matchup to keep an eye on. And oh, by the way, and Cam Jurgens had played pretty damn well the first three plus weeks of the season. I'm not trying to call uh, Cam Jurgens into question here, but he was the young guy on the Eagles offensively. If you're, uh, would you say circle it? If you're going to circle it, yeah, the kid's going to be Cam Jurgens basically every week of the season. Yeah. So the task that Suo Peta has is probably the easiest of any task the Eagles could have if you got to replace somebody on that offensive line. So while it's it's not great that you're losing a guy who's uh, gotten off to a real nice start his first year as a starter, it's not an impossible task. Here's the question that I don't know anybody asked yesterday, so I'll ask you to just speculate for me a little bit here. What happens if Jason Kelly gets hurt in game? Oh, no. Yeah, I brought that up. This is a layered injury. I wrote about that at Jacob Sports. I mean, he's the backup center as well, and they don't have a, a backup center on the 53 unless you, you'd have to move Landon. Landon can obviously do it. Um, was an All-American center at Alabama, uh, but they have turned that page, and they haven't even mentioned Landon Dickerson at center for years now obviously because he's developed into 
one of the best left guards in football. So, and then you got the shuffling of massive chairs. If you got to move him, you got to figure out left guard. You already got Sue at right guard, so he can't play left guard. Um, so yeah, that, that, that is an issue as well. Now the good news is Jason Kelsey's played 145 straight games or whatever it is. So, but you know, lightning tends to strike in these types of situations. Ultimately, the Eagles have a couple of players on the practice squad, uh, Brett Toth, and and but we know his snapping troubles in um, training camp. And, and he, you can imagine, I'm saying they're going to circle um, Sue Opeta with Aaron Donald. Well, if Brett Toth is elevated and goes in at center, that circle is going to move one yeah. one spot uh, <laughs> over uh, and the same type of thing. Julian Good Jones is also on the practice squad. He's he's got uh, experience as a center. But here's the thing, Jody. You gotta burn one of your practice squad spots. Right. Where, for Braden Man. Unless you want to put him up to the 53, it's gonna be interesting on Wednesday to see how they manipulate this roster because another part, Britton Covey's in the concussion protocol. Um, and no player, we mentioned this last week, the NFL's gotten stricter. There's no announcement. They never announced these type of things. No player has gotten through the concussion protocol to play the next week this season. None around the entire league, not just Philadelphia, zero. Um, so it's basically you're out one game, no matter what, uh, which means they're not going to have a punt returner. And in that process, you might have to bring up Greg Ward unless you have confidence in, in Alameda Zacchaeus to do it. Um, Quez Watkins doesn't practice, but he's been out with the hamstring. A lot of questions uh, this week as far as how they're going to handle the roster and those those practice squad elevations. My, my guess would be, tell me if you agree or disagree, um, I don't think they would use a practice squad elevation because, right, they only got two. You know, the punter's one. I think there's a better chance, even though it's just a safety net, as compared to a guy who's actually going to have to do something, I think they take their chance with a punt returner. And it it could be a significant drop-off because, hey, in four straight weeks, we've said, nice job, Britton Covey. This week against Washington had a couple of really good just go straight ahead, get as many yards as you can. If it's four, that's fine. If it's eight, that's great. If it's 10 or 12, and he kept, had a couple of those, that's tremendous. It, it, if you get a guy back there who's just going to fair catch everything, it's it's a little bit of a deterrent. But my guess is they would do that before leaving themselves well undermanned on the offensive line. If their second uh, uh, off-the-practice squad call-up has to be something, my guess it would be offensive line fortification rather than a different punt return. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's they they have to bring up a center. Um, so I think it's more of um, you know, do you want to pull the trigger on Braden Man early? Um, you know, they got to put this at the last week anyway. They got to put him on the fifty-three. Do you want to do you want to pull that trigger up now? He hasn't been impressive, to be honest, as a punter. Um, right, but just to confirm, and I apologize for interrupting. If you elevate Braden Man, that means you got to cut somebody. 
Does yeah. that mean Eli Ricks goes back to the practice squad? Do you? Well, uh, there's a host of guys. I mean, we've been talking about it. It's like, well, Kentavious Kentavi Street plays a little bit, but I mean, what what's the point there? Um, other than you, it's very good depth. You can probably get him through, um, and he's he's bested, so you could do a wink wink with him and just release him and bring him back to the practice squad. Try to manipulate it that way. Uh, or some of the younger guys who don't play. Rashad Penny, he's inactive last week. What's he doing here? Um, you know, other than depth purposes. And look, if somebody gets hurt, you'll you'll need a player like that. I'm not saying, but it's it, it, he's bested as well. It's a chance to do a wink, wink with him, or you can cut one of the young guys. Mario Goodrich, I would think, would be mm-hmm. before Ricks, but you could throw Goodrich and Ricks. I mean, they're not playing. And and you needed corners, and they're not playing. So, you know, it, they clearly want to stash Rex. So I think it would be more Goodrich than Rex. But there's a lot of ways, a lot of avenues he can go. And Goodrich is is really interesting because this is the coach's evaluation. You're back down there. You you get a chance to see with your own two eyes and grade with your own two eyes. The Eagles coaching staff has a major advantage as and that they can uh, direct their taping in practice any way that they want to get a specific look at somebody. Um, This guy went from playing significant uh, snaps to not even being dressed. How bad was he in that game to see, at least if you're judging by his usage, the drop-off in the thought process that Eagles coaching staff has about Mario Goodrich? What went that wrong that he fell from grace that friggin' quickly? Yeah, I mean, uh, actions speak louder than words. So they gave you that answer. They they felt he did not play well. Now they they gave you the lip service about he got he improved during the game. I mentioned the numbers. He was targeted six times. He gave up six completions. Now a couple of them were for essentially nothing to to the running backs, but he did give up some gas plays to Jefferson, but I, I mean, that's maybe the best receiver in football against a backup slot corner. I'm not sure I'd be willing to throw him uh, out, you know, the baby with the bathwater because he got beat by Justin Jefferson. I mean, great corners get beat by him. Um, yeah. I'm a little surprised they soured so quickly, but you mentioned practice. That's part of it as well. Maybe they don't like what he's doing in practice. It's it's probably not just uh, what you saw in that week two game. But he didn't play well, I'm, as opposed to Sua, in a similar situation, played pretty well. Yep. Um, he, he did not. But you need a slot corner, and they went in a different direction. So that, to me, tells you all you need to know, basically. Be- Speaking of the slot corner, as you mentioned, Coach Sirianni, in, at least in the aspect of the offensive line and where they're going while uh, Jurgens is out, uh, pretty forthcoming. He didn't give you any real good feel on the health of D-backs who didn't play this week, either Justin Evans and or uh, Sidney Brown as to their potential return for this week against the Rams, did he? No, not not that far. You know, Evans seemed close on Friday of last week. He he got back to practice. He had a helmet. Um, so I think there's some positivity there. Uh, with hamstrings, again, you know, we've seen it with Quez, especially with fast guys. You don't want to mess with that. 
Um, I, it, it, I, you know, did get some information that it wasn't a serious hamstring injury with Sydney. So maybe that helps up. Maybe, maybe Quez is, was more serious. Um, so we'll have to see on Wednesday where they are. Um, if I, I expect Justin Evans to practice because he was, he was back on, on Friday, at least a little bit. And with Sydney Brown, if he's even limited, I think that's very positive, but if he's not practicing, I think that's very negative uh, on Wednesday. So uh, today would be uh, any practice whatsoever? No. Today is uh, uh, both Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday is the first time they have a chance to get back out there. All right. Uh, opinion for you. If both Evans and Brown are good to go, they might not be quite 100%, but they need they reach the percentage they need to play to be active and 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 in the lineup for the Rams game. If both are good to go, you think Brown is more likely to drop down and play some in the slot over Evans? Or do you think Evans is the guy that they'll move out of the safety position? No, they already made that decision in Tampa. Yeah, uh, Sydney's going to be the guy. Um, it's just a matter of um, you know, how quickly they can ramp him up so Bradbury has to do less. They're going to keep Justin at safety. Um, is that because Justin is needed at safety or because they think Brown is a better fit dropping in and playing his non-natural position? Well, I, I, I think both. I think one, Evans is their best. They feel their best covered safety. And that's, that's a big part. That's why he won the job to begin with. Um, that's why I thought that it might be debatable as to whether he should go down and play in the slot. Cause that is purely a cover position. Now there's a lot of run fits in the slot and that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and, and your bigger part of run support, but not that Justin can't do that. They just want the coverage ability and at safety, they're more concerned. And you saw it a little bit with Terrell Edmonds struggling in coverage back there. Not that, you know, he's Ronnie Lott, but they feel he's the best of, of what they have. And they, they want coverage ability, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They want top, that type of ability at safety. Um, with Sidney, you know, it's ironic. He, he said he feels more comfortable in the slot than he does at safety um, right now because he played near the line of scrimmage at Illinois almost exclusively. Um, now he's playing box safety, not as much slot, but um, either way, he's closer to the line of scrimmage. That's what he's more comfortable with. And the Eagles think he's got the ability, <clears throat> excuse me, ability to develop into a coverage safety, but they weren't playing him there because they didn't think he was ready. So they think he's, that was sort of their way of getting him on the field and he feels more comfortable, um, and it kind of worked out in 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 that aspect. And I think ultimately, now the trade deadline is at the end of this month. We're in October. Um, if if it goes bad for another week or two, I mean, I think nickel slot corner uh, will be where Howie's looking on the trade market. But I think the hope. And again, hope it's not a strategy. The hope is 
Sidney Brown eventually becomes the full-time slot corner. All right, so um, let me give you one more uh, potential kind of hypothetical. Some people don't like my hypothetical questions here on the, the stream, but I do like my hypotheticals. Um, let's say they come to the realization, yeah, we need to upgrade that position. We've got uh, Sidney Brown playing his sixth, seventh, eighth game of the NFL career out of position, something he didn't cross-train for, something the Eagles like to pat themselves on the back for. They're cross-training. You tell me, how many snaps Sidney Brown get in the slot during camp this year? Oh, zero. Zero. That's zero. what I thought. So cross-training, not an option here. That's our, That train has already left the station. Um, so they decide that's their biggest position of need. That's what they have to go out and fill. If they're willing to go high-level shopping, is the Buddha Baker conversation restoked here? I know that uh, he wanted to get out of Arizona when they said they wouldn't or couldn't trade him. He went back to work and uh, is ready to play for the Cardinals this year. Another guy who's got some injury issues, but at the top of his game is a first flight safety. Is Buda Baker revisited as a potential? Well, I, uh, you, you know, know, Arizona worked things out with him. Um, so things would have to go in a negative direction again for them to consider trading him. But look, the Eagles are already, they've, they've staked their claim. Um, at, they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, so I'm never going to say never with Howie as far as making a splash, but that'd be a lot of money and a lot of assets to give up. Um, so I would still say, um, you know, very unlikely. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you, you're going all in to try to win a Super Bowl. That's a really good player, a really versatile player who can, you know, do both, play safety, play in the slot. I, I mentioned the offseason, that perfect fit for this team, I think. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I, two things. I don't think Arizona wants to trade him, uh, and um, it's going to cost. He costs a lot of money, obviously. So you have the the salary, which um, the Eagles are willing to pay when they need to pay. But the bigger issue would be you got to give up something significant. Um, and you know how he likes to win trades, shall we say? But I think how he also likes to win Super Bowls. I think he enjoyed 2017 greatly. And if he thinks Buda Baker is the kind of player that can put him over the top, how do you go? Uh, but we really don't want to give up a second round pick. He, I, I don't know that that would be my attitude if I were the general manager of the Eagles. But you're right. First thing first, Arizona has to want to trade him. And you're right. They they did redo his contract, which was something he was looking for. I don't think he's going to go in and say, don't you dare trade me. I think Buda Baker will stay open-minded. If two weeks from now, the Cardinals are one and five. And, and he's got to get healthy, I should mention. He's got to get healthy. Right. The, the, um, starting with the assumption he's going to be healthy. If the Cardinals are one and five and the Eagles are six and oh, do you think Buda Baker is going to complain about being traded? No, I don't think he's going to complain, but the issue is, you know, he'd probably have to press it uh, and say, all right, I'm not happy again. Because I think from Arizona, the book is closed. They worked it out. He's back. He's one of their best players. I don't think they want to trade him. So um, he would have to press the issue and say, all right, this team stinks, whatever. They're not going anywhere. I'm unhappy. I want out. 
So I think something would have to happen. He would have to stress the issue because right. from their standpoint, they're fine. I mean, they, they turn the, they turn the page, they worked it out. Uh, he's one of their best players. He's a foundational piece. I don't think they want to trade him. So something would have to trade. Something would have to turn for him to even be available. All right. Then let me ask this. And we got Les Bowen sitting in our green room. We're going to punch Les up in just a couple of minutes. Arizona foundational piece. Aren't they like a year away from being a year away? So if we're, that's the case is Buda Bake at age by then he's 30 still a foundational piece for them. Do you really think that they go, Oh, we can't trade him because we can't picture our team going forward without Buda Baker. Well, if you want to give him a, you know, if you want to give him a first round pick, you know, I'm pretty sure how he isn't going there. I mean, if you want to overpay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I trade anybody basically if I'm Arizona uh, for where they are and what they want to do. Um, I, I never like to compare anybody to the Sixers in basketball tanking, but for where they are, as you said, a year away from a year away, maybe. Um, yeah, if you want to overpay, but I, I don't think Howie's that's his mo, even on the cusp of a another Super Bowl. All right. uh, maybe maybe I'm giving the Cardinals general manager too much credit. If the Eagles offer me a second round pick maybe a pick swap of a five and a six. Well, remember, like second that. round pick from the Eagles is almost good. a third. I get that. Yeah, yeah that way you make the same thing about a first round pick. Giving up a, oh, well, it's going to be in the late 20s and the 30s. Well, that's a lot, late 20s is a lot better than almost the third round. That's what I mean. So late, late 20s late. is almost the second. So it's almost the second as compared to almost the third. I get that. If they offer you that and maybe a, a, a pick of swap later, for Buda Baker for two more years while the Cardinals are still, still in rebuilding mode. I ain't got to think about it if you're Arizona. Maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe you've got a better read on where they're at. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you I never know, know with but... young GMs. I mean, a lot of them are showing their flaws and their inexperience. And, and Monty's already made a big mistake out there as the tampering issue. But um, he, I just looked him up. He's only 27. Um, so three time all pro, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I worked it out. I'm not, I'm not trading them. Uh, okay. That's me. Um, and now a lot of these GMs make mistakes. Um, unless there's a reason I have to trade them, I don't see why they would even visit it to be honest. But you know, as well as I do, you've been doing this a long time. Sometimes the trade you don't make that if enough information gets out that everybody believes it was offered to you and you don't pull the trigger, you can be called on the carpet for that as much as the trade that you do make that you actually get results for and can judge, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. He's McMullen, I'm McDonald. That makes this the Mac and Mac Verge 365 Tuesday edition. We're going to add to the mix. One less Bowen is going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in this morning on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. Les Bowen joins us. Doing it from outside again. Another nice enough day to get out. We'll see if he's got the same birds that Chris Franklin has in his backyard. Uh, Les, appreciate you getting up early for us today. Here's where I want to open up, because John and I uh, debated this pretty good yesterday. Uh, No one would debate that the Eagles' offense was better than the Eagles' defense this past week against the Commanders. Mm -hmm. Of the Eagles' defense, bigger issue, the second level or the third level? If we put the linebackers aside and say they played maybe their best game of the entire year, Mm -hmm. which was a bigger detriment to the Eagles' defense on uh, Sunday? The front five, four, five, however many you want to put up there, or the back uh, four or five, uh, the corners slash safeties, or the defensive line, which you think had uh, the biggest drop-off on Sunday? Oh, I, I thought the coverage was the problem, uh, really. But you could certainly say, you know, going into that game, we thought the Eagles had this huge advantage with their defensive line against uh, the commander's offensive line. And it took a long time for that to become the case. It became the case in the second half. But the commanders scored 17 points on their first three drives, and the Eagles weren't getting pressure at that point. But, no, I wouldn't say in the game overall 
I thought, you know, the Eagles ended up with how many sacks? Five or something? Five. Three uh, from five. from Nicholas Morrow. Yeah, well, yeah. I like to call well, Lawrence. No, the defensive Taylor. line only got two. The Eagles well, got yeah, five, but the D line got two. Yeah. That's still, uh, they're creating the. He's yeah, running through the vacancies created yeah. by people blocking the defensive line. So you know, um, I. The, the the problem is on the back end. They have they're they're down to people that they just never thought at this point in the season would be playing. I think it's a temporary problem. I would guess they're going to have at least a couple guys back this week. I guess Sidney Brown probably and uh, and Evans as well. Uh, but uh, this the slot corner thing is is a problem. Uh, they can play with Bradbury in the slot and uh, and Josh Job outside. Josh Job isn't terrible. He's better than some corners they've had there. God knows, uh, you know, over the last several years uh, before they got uh, this set up with Slay and Bradbury, but he's not optimal. He's not as good as Bradbury. And, no. uh, you know, I I would look for, as we look toward the trading deadline, I'd, I'd try to find a slot corner somewhere. And it doesn't have to be, you know, some star that you're plucking off somebody's, just a useful player, you know, somebody that, is maybe sitting on a practice squad that can help you. I, I don't know. I a few years ago, guys like Cravon Le, LeBlanc. You remember him? Oh, Cravon. don't bring him up, Les. The fans love Cravon. They're still yeah, talking about bringing him back. He's trapped, baby. He's been out of the league for a while now. But I mean, a guy, better. <laughs> a young, a young guy like yeah. you know somebody in the situation he was in in Detroit when the Eagles found him. Or uh, Epps, you know, when they did that, yeah, uh, oh yeah, years, yeah, that's Pick that's what you, waivers, yeah, that's what you look for. I, I, I can't imagine they're gonna, you know, grab anybody starting slot corner uh, at the trade. Maybe they will, but you know, I, I think that's unlikely. But, but yeah, that's that's where the problem really lies. I was disappointed in the front five. I thought it was their worst game in terms of, uh, you know. You bar- barely noticed Jalen Carter at all. <clears throat> Davis, yeah. uh, Fletcher Cox was really the best of the group, I thought. I thought Brandon was really good. Yeah, Brandon well. was great. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Brandon plays very limited snaps. Though, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, and based on that game, he might have to play more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was not what I expected from the Eagles front, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's the expectation of the front is so much more than yes. the secondary, even with Slay and Bradbury. Although I think Slay had his worst game of the season as well. Yeah. Um, which is I just think atypical. there was a lot of confusion back there, John. Yeah. I think there were guys playing the wrong coverages. And yeah. The I, communication, I don't really, yeah. It's, yeah. This I'm defense really... drives me nuts, Les, because it's all based on communication, those zone coverages on the back end. And when you have new pieces or younger players who don't know what they're doing, right? Yeah, then Slay looks like he's getting beat. Maybe he isn't. Then he talks about it. You don't know ball, <laughs> and 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 he, you yeah, know, Slay, according to Slay, Slay never gets beat. Yeah, it's always there's always that's an explanation of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. But yeah, yeah, I, what I think happens in a lot of those situations is he's trying to get somebody else. Like, no, 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 no. You know, and, and meanwhile, his guy is. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Um, Jody can tell you, I complain about that. That's the biggest thing I, I hate with this defense is its impact on young defensive backs. Because 
with Bradbury and Slay, yeah, they're they're good. They're good. They have no issues, and they communicate, and they pass people off, and then you see a new piece come in, and it's like a fire drill. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. And with, uh, with Joe, by the way, that much more credit to uh, Reed Blankenship because yeah, he's still great. a young quarterback. He, what, he, he didn't even think he was going to make yeah. the team last year, got a hand fed uh, into games, and he looks like the, a grizzled veteran of five years out there playing. So you're right about the Eagles, and it's tough to bring young DBs into this system. Not Reed Blankenship. He's just that good. Yeah, yeah. The whole NFL should be ashamed of themselves for missing on on Reed Blankenship because um, he's he's a really good player. He really is. And and in a lot of ways, he saved that game last, um, you oh, know, back-to-back plays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, yes. You know, you you know what you know. It's a special year, less. It might might be. The Eagles don't play any one o'clock games, yeah. and they needed less cameras. I still think McLaurin was in. If that's a primetime game, they have more cameras. They probably have a better angle. Marcus Mariota got his head in the way. Yeah, I think he caught the football. Well, you might be right, except so his foot is on top of. Blankenship's hand. Yes, yeah. Reed did before. a great job. To make when it did it touch the ground in yeah. bounds? I I don't know, but if we have more angles, if we can I, get see, around Marcus's head, he's the foot is on top of a guy's arm. That doesn't count. No, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think he has to excuse the expression. Touch grass. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, and we're talking about the toes coming down. Yeah. But I, I just think if you have those high-depth Sunday night football cameras, yeah. I, they probably have a better angle. You oh, probably yeah. get a clear view. And I know from and – I, and I tell Jody this. How many times do we say, oh, Devontae Smith didn't catch that? And he somehow gets his toes in. Great receivers. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but they always get their toes in. <laughs> and that's I say, no way that's that's, that's one of the remarkable developments of HD replay in the last yeah. 20 years or so. You know, when we were growing up, guys were ruled out of bounds. Yeah. All the time. You almost never saw, you know, one of those toe tap uh, catches. Everybody always assumed because it always looks like to the naked eye, the guy's 10 yards out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and then you go back and look up. Yeah. He, he got him down. Yeah. And you didn't used to ever see that. It, it, it just wasn't part of the game. Yeah. Devontae's amazing. If on the play in question, we had that better angle that you're talking about, better ISO camera, might have shown more definitively that he was out of bounds. Uh, it's, I, it's possible. It's possible. I am re- relying on Terry McLaurin, how good he is. He's one of he those guys that tends tends to get the the, the toes down. I, I just think, you know, and Marcus, Marcus's best play of the year. He got his head right in front of it from the back. See, um, <laughs> let, let it be on the record. That John McMullen brought up Marcus Mariota before Jordy McDonald. Because if Marcus Mariota has to go into a game this week because Jalen Hurts happens to get injured, John McMullen brought up Marcus. I, I have not mentioned the Eagles backup well, quarterback. He did a great job. Obviously, the camera. He yes. did a great job. He did a tremendous Will he do job. a great job if he actually has to take a snap this weekend against the Rams? I. I, I didn't want a guy to put that jinx out there. I'm glad you did. Thank you very much for that, Johnny Mack. All right, uh, let's let me ask you about the linebacker play because this was something John and I debated yesterday too. 
Uh, he looked up the PFF numbers. Apparently, PFF doesn't uh, reduce someone's grade because he's playing in front of a very good defensive line. Nicholas Morrow, second-ranked linebacker in the National Football League? Yeah, baby. Guess who number one is, by the way? Guess Roquan, who number one Wild guess. Yeah, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. The Chicago Bears paid $100 million for all-ball linebackers. They had Roquan Smith. And Nick Morrow last year, they're one, two. Now, obviously, you know, Roquan's a very good player. But Yeah, the only reason I know that is Clay Harbor uh, tweeted it yesterday. He lives in Chicago now. He's a Chicago guy. You know, that was his point. You know, it was like, what the? Yeah. But with Morrow, I guess the sacks and all that, you know, I don't know what their grading system is. You know, Morrow's playing just fine. I don't know that he's playing. He's playing really well. I do. I'd probably rather have Fred Warner myself, but (laughs) so would I. Okay. Yeah. But I will say this because Seth brought it up on our, Seth Joyner brought it up on our post game show less, and I dismissed it. And I'm starting to rethink it. Um, I have to admit, Nicholas is playing very well. Seth brought up, at some point, is he going to Wally Pip Nicobe Dean? And I went, no, that's not going to happen. And I see you're the same way. Did we give too much deference to Nicobe Dean? What has Nicobe Dean done other than in Athens, Georgia? Where oh, Nick I'm Morris out there making they plays. They drafted him, you know, I mean, Howie Roseman runs this thing. And, uh, you know, they drafted Nicobe Dean to do that. And they really haven't had a good look at him yet. I, I don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't think they're that good that they can just, you know, bench Nicobe Dean. But it, uh, I'm saying if he keeps, if he keeps, and I dismissed it too. So, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I completely dismissed it when Seth brought it up. But if he keeps playing like this, like why, why are you defaulting to Nicobe Dean? Because you drafted him to do this and, and they think that he's this great leader and the shot caller and all that for the defense. Uh, I, I, but I don't know. I, you're kind of, I'm arguing against, I was skeptical, you know, the beginning of the season, that was kind of one of my points was they're depending on this guy that didn't play last year, you know, really. And, uh, and I, I've never liked his size, frankly. And when yeah. he got injured, I mentioned that. And people are like, oh, it's his foot. You know, you can't say it's his size. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I just think a small linebacker is going to get injured more wherever, you know, whether it's his foot or his ear or whatever, you know. But I I, I think they've got a lot invested in N'Kobe Dean in terms of their, you know, structure and their Yeah, and I think he's a better outlook. player. I mean, yeah. Nick will probably go up. That's the thing about players in this league. You can have a great game, but the great yeah. players are consistent. He might right. go out in Los Angeles, have a terrible game. Yeah. And yeah. Kazir White this time last year looked like a pro bowler. Yeah. And then down the stretch, he really didn't, you yeah. know, and uh, he's not a bad player, but he's he wasn't as good as his first several games with the Eagles. Uh, See? Seems I, to show. I, I look at this differently than either Seth Joyner or John McMullen. Seth is like, did he get Wally pipped? In other words, Nicobe gets healthy, sits on the bench. John said, not even happening because they're committed. As Les just said, they're committed. Here's my question. Why can't linebacker be a rotational position? They use so many darn defensive linemen in and out, and somehow they find snaps for Derek Barnett, 
But last year right. when Nicobe Dean was on his team, he got 30 snaps for the entire year. They just refuse to put him in there. They have their two guys. They stay with their right. two guys. Now, this is a new defense coordinator, and maybe they'll look at things differently. Why can't linebacker be a rotational position as well? And, in fact, you see that. You remember Christian Ellis yeah. and how important he was uh, several weeks ago to this defense? <laughs> yeah. Guess how many linebacker snaps he got Sunday? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he played on special teams. You know, no. you're right. That is how you, I don't know that there's the green dot thing. You ha- John, you're more up on this than I am because you're actually working and I'm retired. But <laughs> what, how many green dots do you get? Like, uh, uh, you can have as many as three during okay. the game, but that's uh, probably part of it. You know, they probably don't want to have that guy, that captain sort of, you know, uh, the communicator changing back and forth all the time. Uh, but I don't know. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It is interesting. That's one of the first things I noticed when I looked at the playing time yesterday was, gee, you know, Christian Ellis doesn't play anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. When Nicobe got hurt, um, I believe they split it. Um, I believe they gave it to Christian Ellis. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then when Christian wasn't in, they played a lot of dime that game. Uh, Reed Blankenship took Blankenship, it. Um, right. um, and now they've given it to Nick Morrow. Um, and he's been, he's played well. So they haven't had a need to take right. it off him. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, you know, I've always said if you're on the field and you're playing well, they're not taking you off. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's the case here. And yeah, I it'll think be interesting they are to see what they off. do. I, I don't think we're that close to finding out. You know, I don't get any sense. Uh, well, when can uh, Nicobe come back? It's next not, week. He's got he's got one more game. Yeah. Um, do so, you see any sense that he's is he out there? Well, right I, I I heard four to six weeks, so yeah. it's not. You know, he could be out a couple, and you might even manipulate it that way. If if Nick yeah. continues to play well in Los Angeles, you might say, all right. Take your time, Kobe, and wait for the bad game. You wait for the shoe to drop, and then you bring him back. Um, But if he doesn't have a bad game, it's going to be interesting. It really Um, will. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Les, I need your take on this. John and I are well on record that we think Howie Roseman is probably still underrated. As good a job as he's done, and around the league, I think he gets a lot of props um, but there are some still guys who question him here in Philadelphia because he wasn't a football guy. Um, but here's one where I got a question. How much credit do we give Howie Roseman for Nick Morrow? Because he's the second-ranked linebacker in the league right now. The Eagles cut him. They they yeah. said, see you later, bye. They signed him with a free agent contract, a very team-friendly free agent contract with no – uh, guaranteed money, which was right. a very good job by Harry Roseman. I give him not for that. But can you now take a bow for Nicholas Morrow being the third best, uh, second best linebacker in the NFL when you cut him coming into the season? That that I hadn't thought about carpet, that, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm not give giving him bow. credit. I'll tell you that I'm not giving him credit. I'd give the bow if there is a bow to be given. I'd give it to the scout that I'm sure Howie mm-hmm. wasn't the guy pouring yeah. over the film yeah. saying. Yeah, this Nicholas Morrow guy might help us, you know. So I, I don't know. I yeah. Um, and so I'll give the credit to 
Nicholas Morrow. That's a good it, person it, to give. There's it a to new me. idea. Let's actually give the credit yeah. to the player who's playing as highly. I mean, you can't cut a guy. And remember, not only did they cut him, they didn't sign him immediately to the practice squad. Now, no. That might have been he went home. Nick. Yeah, yeah, that might have yeah. been him. That might have been Nick saying, all right, let me wait and see if, if somebody needs a linebacker yeah. on a 53. So it could have been from right. his end, too. But they didn't even bring him back right away on the practice right. squad. As you mentioned, Les, he went home and, you know, then he came back and he's forced into action and he's playing well. I can't give Howie too much credit for that. Nick Nick Morrow does deserve the credit. Yep. Um, but it is interesting, and I think we can already – fast forward to April and curtail the linebacker talk in the first and second round. Cause I mentioned this to Jody on text message. He's emboldened by this. Oh, I can put anybody a linebacker. Zach Cunningham showed up in August. Yeah. Nick Morrow. I cut him. I brought him back. Bam. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule second round out. I mean, they've done that. Uh, they haven't done it recently. They used to do it a lot, you know, actually, in, yeah. you know, five, six, cable. seven, eight years ago, they <laughs> yeah. used to draft second round linebackers quite a bit. Just what they wouldn't do it first round. Uh, I would not, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what Sean Desai really thinks, but I think he'll have a lot to do with that discussion. I, I, I wouldn't rule out a second round linebacker. They need to, with Kobe, Dean, Kobe Dean was third round and probably could have gone higher. I think they, they do want to lay a foundation there at some point. Yeah. <laughs> they drafted Davion in the third round. Didn't work yeah. out. Um, it's not like they won't take a premium pick on a linebacker. They've done yeah. it two times over the past few years. Just won't do first round. No. And no. I get to, when I was still working, I got to do the roll out. Jerry, Jerry Robinson, Robinson story. story. Every, yeah. the first yeah. time I, I called I, him was I, like 10 years ago. And he I, had no <laughs> idea. He was like amazed. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah. still on, you know, I, I, you can still get hold of Jerry anytime you want to do that story. Yeah. So, and Jerry, ironically, Jerry was a hell of a player. It oh, worked wow. out. Great player. Yeah. Tremendously. Uh, but yeah. Uh, he had played for the changed. head coach at UCLA. Yeah. So, yeah. And they know him, knew him quite well. Um, you mentioned his name. Give me your read. Four games in. Sean Desai. Good job, okay job, to be determined job. What the hell is he thinking job? Certainly it's different. And how many yeah. times John and I talked about this all summer? There'll be there'll be differences. You'll be able to see the difference between Gannon. We know that the head coach has his beliefs in defenses, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why this side got the job. We knew it wasn't going to be a drastic change, but you could see where he would put his own touches on it. Right. Do you like the touches that Jonathan Gannon uh, that uh, Sean Desai has added to Jonathan Gannon's former defense? Until Sunday, I thought he was doing an excellent job. Um, Sunday was not great, but again, the back end was a mess. You certainly can't complain about blitzing anymore. You know, no. he does blitz. He blitzed a lot Sunday, uh, and they do blitz a lot more than they did under Jonathan Gannon. Um, I, I don't have any huge issues with you know they wanted a Vic Fangio type defense I think what John was alluding to a little while ago there are some things about that sort of defense that you probably you might not like but that's what they're going to play so you know there's no yeah no discussion to really be had there 
I can't complain about him. I, you know, I think uh, Sunday aside, they've done a very good job. I want to see the first thing I thought of when I didn't notice Jalen Carter Sunday was, you know, is he starting to get tired or is he getting a little off the beam focus wise? I want to make sure that he keeps these young guys in a 17 game NFL season, you know, Jordan Davis and, and, and Jalen Carter were kind of the engine there for a few weeks. Is that going to be the case, you know, long-term or are they going to kind of slide back a little bit? Jordan Davis did last year, you know? Um, But yeah, I, I don't, I I, make sense to me so far. How do you guys feel? I, I'm okay with it. I like the way he, he tries different things uh, when, uh, you know, Things aren't going to plan. You mentioned the blitzing. He blitzed more uh, than he has all season against Washington. I think that's yeah. because Sam Howell, right? Yeah, and it worked so I think, in the second half. It worked. Yeah. yeah, so I think that made a lot of sense. They were at, uh, I was just looking it up, 30.4% uh, percent blitz rate, um, way up from what they typically do. Uh, they're 21st in the league in blitzing. I was trying to look. I don't know where they were last year. I'm trying to look at. There were 22.1% blitz rate last year, 22.8% this year. And the only reason they're ahead is because of Sunday's game. So I don't yeah. think that's changed as much as people think. Um, still very similar uh, from that. Maybe they, they do a better job of it this year. You certainly well, know. they certainly did on Sunday, yeah. yeah. We talked about it. I mean, Nick Morrow had 3,600. NFL snaps last somewhere in that range. And he had four career sacks. He had three sacks on top. So they were very effective. So that part is certainly true. Um, I don't think he's got as much talent on defense. So that has to factor into it. Now I'm talking about the back seven, not the front seven. The front seven's unbelievable. Front four, front defensive front. Um, So it's kind of, I don't know where you want to grade him, but I like, his ability to think out of the box, like Bradbury in the slot. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. I don't think it makes sense, but I respect his ability to think, all right, let me do some different things to try to fix this. Like I want to play an all pro corner outside. That's why I'm paying him $13 million. So I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'd like, if I'm making sense, I'd like. Well, given the, given the choices that he has, I think Job on the outside is better than, you know, you saw what happened when you played, tried to play Mario Goodrich. Mario Goodrich. Inside. Yeah. You know, I, I think he thinks, okay, Bradbury can do this and Job can play outside. You know, I, I don't have a problem with him trying to do it that way, given that that's what he, what he has to work with. Yeah. I, I like the willingness to try different yeah, things. I, and, and he did that in training camp. You saw him when he was dropping yeah. Nolan Smith or, or which didn't work out as well. But I, I like, I like the willingness to throw the, the curveball. Um, I am concerned though, Mario Goodrich, you bring up less. So let's talk about him. He, he, he didn't play well when he was forced into action against Minnesota, but I mean, that's a good passing team. They haven't been good mm-hmm. this year, but they can throw the ball. Um, if you're not going to play him, why is he here? 
like he's on special teams, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like Ellis, you know. He's like not in the not in the scheme anymore. And like this week, all of a sudden, you have the Sue injury. uh, You don't have a backup center. People have Cam Jurgens is the backup center. Not only the starting right guard. So you have to elevate people. They already have to elevate the punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britton Cubby's out because he got a concussion, and right. no player in the entire NFL has been able to get through the protocol in one week. So yeah, I hadn't noticed that. I read that last yeah. night. I hadn't that you didn't used to be the case. No, I tell you that they've gotten way more stringent. Yeah. Um, so you might have to elevate Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the backup center? Landon Dickerson. I would guess so. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. Um, it'll be interesting because he hasn't done that in a while. I'm sure yeah. they're going to work on that in practice this week. Um, now, but, do you just rely on Kelsey's always there? So Kelsey's yeah. going to play yeah. uh, and just cross your I fingers. Can't yeah. do I don't know what else you would do. I Well, you can go Brett Toth, Julian Good-Jones, but you'd have to elevate them. Gotta elevate them, yeah. Um, yeah, they have some yeah. other elevation issues. Or you can put Braden Man on the fifty-three. They could do yeah, that early. That, that might be something you want to do, really. If you think he's he hasn't punted well. No, he hasn't punted well. If he you really th- if you thought he was your punter, then you would do that, you know. But I don't know. I I do think though we're seeing again the biggest thing, even though the Eagles are four and zero, the biggest thing that keeps teams from getting back when they've been there is injuries. And we've already seen there was a stat that I another stat that I read that last year the Eagles offensive line missed a piddling amount of games. I think it was like three or four games total. Two guys had like one or two game injuries. Well, now you've got Jurgens. Mm. He's probably going to be down for eight weeks, at least something like that. You know, I well, they can put if, if it's going to be that long, they they'll just put him on IR. Uh, yeah. And then at least you create a roster spot. Right. Um, but my point is you're, you're seeing these injuries now this year, you know, with Avante Maddox. You know, you're seeing these injuries that in in so far not in crucial, not to Jalen Hurts yet or A.J. Brown or, you know, Darius Slay. But you're seeing the injury thing creep in and and it's it's already a bigger deal than it was last year. All right, yeah. last, last thing for me, and I've got an issue with the coach. Okay. Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. It, it, well, it might be an uh-oh. Yeah, the stream, our streamers are going to have to decide for themselves. Um, during the offseason, I remember vividly the coach talking about his quarterback after he signed the big oh, yeah. contract, okay. and they asked him about Jalen running the football. And his quote was, why would I take away his superpower? Quote, unquote, that's what Nick Sirianni said when asked about Jalen running the ball. Now that he's a $250 million guy, why would I take away his superpower? Well, in watching the first two, four games, I would say his superpower at best has been reduced, if not taken away. And yesterday, Nick specifically went out of his way to say, we emphasize that he protect himself, that we want him to protect himself as a runner. Well, which one is it, Coach? Are you not going to take away his superpower, or are you going to reduce his superpower? It, I it's, think there's uh, a conflict of interest here. Right. You know, he had that one good 24-yard scramble late Sunday. That was it. 
I mean, and the design quarterback runs are just a disaster <clears throat> right now. Yeah. Because he's sort of tiptoed, in my view, and maybe I'm being totally unfair, but in my view, he tiptoes up to the line, and the first time he sees the defender, he sits down. You know, they ran a quarterback draw, and he wanted no part of it. You know, I mean, it looked like to me, it, I, and maybe that's a really, you know, unsophisticated view, but I, I don't, this is a question that I have. I mean, Jalen Hurts played a great game in many respects Sunday. His passing was, was tremendous. You know, the two touchdowns, the, the yardage. It was kind of back to normal, what we were kind of expecting going into the season. But this business of just sitting down at the line of scrimmage is not what we expected going into the season. I don't expect him to lower his head and bull through linebackers, but he isn't – right now he looks like one of those traditional quarterback kind of guys that doesn't run, you know. Uh, and every now and then he shakes it off and goes, but it's uh, – you know, even if he's like uh, scrambling, he'll just run out of bounds after one yard or something. You know, I mean, it's just it's like he doesn't want to do this or he thinks he shouldn't do this. And I'm not sure he's Jalen Hurts, you know, playing this way. Uh, at Les Bowen, make sure you follow uh, Les on X. He's retired, but not totally. You got to listen to the Bowen on the Birds uh, podcast. Uh, each week, wherever you get your finer podcasts, less not any any big names coming up. You always get big names, less. Uh, you know, I haven't set up this week yet. They've got the Rams, so I have a couple people in LA that I'd like to touch base with. Uh, it's going to be tough uh, from a, getting an Eagles writer this week because I think yeah, they schedule early. locker room right in the middle of my podcast. Yeah, so how can they? Don't they know who I am? You know, but uh, <laughs> but I'll figure something out. Uh, okay, at Les Bowen, and and they do know they probably are trying to tweak you, Les. I, yeah. I think they tweak us all the time with this schedule, um, and they do things the way they do things purposefully at times. That's a hat tip to Howie Roseman. Well done, Howie. Uh, uh, Bowen on the birds. Um, last one who's going to win the game? We're not going to talk about you. Are they going to five and oh? They always find ways to win. You got to give them credit, they've looked. Yeah. Right, disjointed at times, but there's only two teams less that are four and zero. Twenty one and one we are now yes. over the last twenty two starts, I believe, with Jalen Hurts. In the immediate aftermath of that Sunday game, I would have said they're losing next week. This is gonna, you know, they can't go on like this. That it's gonna bite them in the butt. The Rams, I don't know. I they're better than I thought. Yeah, but. I don't. Yeah, they're I, not good. No, they're and by, not. by the way, that place is going to be what fifty thousand Eagles fans. Yeah, at least exactly more than yeah. half. Yeah. So I haven't made a pick yet, but I I might end up picking the Eagles, maybe not to cover, but you know yeah. the coward. Matthew yeah. Stafford's banged up. He got hurt uh, yes. last week. I think he's. And I don't like their really. offensive line very much. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. I it's they could lose. I mean, they could the way they're playing right now. The Eagles, they could. They could lose, but it's you have to think they're the better team, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, Jake Elliott game-winning field goal. That's all, I, all <laughs> you need to know. In a doubt, we didn't even bring up Jake. And Jake out there to kick yeah. the game-winning field goal. You got that in your back pocket. All right, here's my last question, Les. 
because again, like John said, we're not going to have you on between now and next week. Don't know if we're going to, we'll probably have you on at least once before the trade deadline. Three choices A, B, C. A, Derek Barnett is still here four weeks from now. B, Derek Barnett is traded for some draft compensation, even if it's a sixth in exchange for a seventh or somewhere there. And that's all I think they're going to get. Or the Eagles finally say, yeah, we just need to move on. We kind of need the roster spot. And we actually think more of Contavious Street than Derek Barnett. Because Contavious Street is performing more than Derek Barnett. He might not be as ingratiated with the organization as Derek Barnett is, but if they pull that curtain back and go, who's actually helping us more? It's Contavious Street. If we got to cut somebody because we got roster issues like McMullen and McDonald are always talking about on Bird Street 65, right. Derek, sorry, we got to let you go. Which of those three things is most likely to happen? He's here Ooh. and he's still getting his unproductive snaps. He's traded for some minimal compensation, or he's told your services are no longer needed. A, B, or C. You know, I think he got more snaps Sunday than he's been getting lately. Uh, of course, they played 78 defensive snaps. That might have had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I like your trade scenario. If anybody wants him, I I don't know who that would be, but uh, there's a lot of bad teams out there. A lot of That's bad really true. There are teams there. he could play for. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I'll go with the trade scenario. I don't know. I, you know, they don't seem to have a problem uh, running him out there. So I, I'm skeptical that we'll be right about that. But I, I, I'd prefer the trade scenario. I think everybody would. But I and, and I said a seventh for a sixth, not even just a seventh drop pick, but you get a sixth in exchange for a seventh. That's about how much he's worth on a trade market. Yeah. If some team gets desperate, maybe you can pull that off, Harry <laughs> Roseman. But uh, don't, don't be expecting massive returns. We always get massive returns when we bring Les Bowen on our show. Les, thank you much for doing it today. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, Les. Our pleasure. In front yeah. of the red brick wall, he is yeah. Les Bowen. Remember the old days we would be in front of the yeah, comedy store the, brick the wall? red yeah. brick background. Or the now. great Ocean Casino Resort backgrounds. Um, and I yeah. like the red brick, but I got to tell you, it's not the Ocean's Casino. I, I, I like being down the shore better than being in front of yes. the red brick. But much, yes, much better. Less Speaking of bad football teams, how bad are the New York football oh. giants? My God. What, is, what? They played one good quarter of football. That's it. I I, 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 I even said yesterday, they can't play as poorly as they have been playing. Oh, yeah, they can. Oh, they, 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 can. they were even worse. They can and they did. Uh, their offensive line is a sieve. And um, Aikman made the point last night on the broadcast, which was dead on accurate. I've been making it for years, going back to their previous general manager, Dave Gettleman. The first thing he said, I was on the air in New York the day that he was hired, as a matter of fact, where he did his introductory press conference. And he used a word that I had never heard before, hog mollies. Hog mollies, uh, yeah. Referring to guys in the trenches. Oh, by the right. way. Eagles big hog molly squad. They don't call it that, but they are. They believe you build from the trenches out. And that's exactly what Gettleman said. We need to get ourselves some hog mollies up front. And from the time he took over into him being gone, the Giants have tried. Yeah, they, they have tried. put they have put resources and allocations into the offensive line. But you gotta kind of be able to pick the right guys. And they don't. 
ever. Their offensive line is a sieve. It's terrible. And it's not because they, they ignore it. No, they have attempted to yeah. fix it many different times in many different ways. They just stink at picking the right players. Jeff Stoutland. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you're right. Um, Evan Neal. I mean, what the hell happened to Evan Neal? Uh, that's a talented kid. I mean, it's not like, oh, the Giants picked him, whatever, seventh overall, and nobody else was going to take him. I mean, he was a big-time player coming out of college. Andrew Thomas has turned into – that's it. I remember they drafted Will Hernandez in the second round. He did nothing. Um, yeah, they've tried, um, and they can't develop Spent offensive money on the, who's the free? Who's the free agent offensive lineman they got from New England? Paid him uh, – I think they made him the highest-paid guard when they signed him in free agency three or four years ago. Slater? Uh, what was uh, the name of the – it was former Patriot. Um, and they paid him good money. They, they went aggressively after him in, in free agency and he stunk. He came to New York and went from being a, a borderline, uh, all pro guy in new England. And he couldn't even keep his job in New York. So you are so right, John, when you say Stoutland university, it's not only yeah. evaluation and being able to, uh, acquire the right player. Then you got to be able to coach them up and get the most out of them. And Stoutland yeah. does that. Better I'm just than looking. They, the they this year they took John Michael Schmitz in the second round. Um, Matt Matt Pert a couple years ago in the third round. You met Neil and Thomas are first high level first round picks. Thomas has worked out. Um, they took uh, another kid in the third round. I mean they're taking a bunch. Uh, Half of their offensive line is either first, second, or third round picks. And right. day one, day they two. Stink. Yeah. They're they're just flat out terrible. And uh that's that's a good thing because the Eagles got them twice. Now, I'd like to be playing them now if I were the Eagles because they're struggling so badly right now. And maybe they get better before weeks fifteen and eighteen, because that's when the Eagles play them. They don't play them until December slash January, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think the I think the Giants are a complete non-factor in the division this year. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac guys. Quickie timeout. Come back. Uh, we've got Davis and Garrow of NBC Sports Philadelphia scheduled to join us in just over 10 minutes. Stay there. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are. Dr. Groshner 
is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Les Bowen for jumping in with us. Always fun to have Les on. Um, I want to address one of our streamers. I want to thank Paul Mancini, uh, but he's a little slow on the uptick. I was able to Google quicker than Paul was able to jump on the stream and tell me the Patriot offensive lineman that I couldn't remember. Nate Soldier. Nate Soldier, yeah. Who, when the Giants signed him, and with the Patriots, he played... I think it was on the right-hand side, either right tackle or right guard. And they decided they were going to bring him over and make him a left tackle. It wasn't his position with New England. He's a very good, like I said, a Pro Bowl-level offensive lineman. But they move him to a different position, the biggest position, the most important position. Pay him the way you're supposed to pay left tackles when he signed the day sign. Highest paid left tackle in the National Football League. He did diddly squat for the Giants. I, I thought it was more recent. It does go back to... 2014 so i feel better about not being able to remember who it was because it was all the way of nine years ago but they that's what the giants have made the effort to upgrade they realize they stink on the offensive line they just can't figure out a way to upgrade it they know they have to but they haven't been able to and that's why i cut daniel jones some slack you know i'm not a daniel jones fan you're not a daniel jones fan uh, the Giants got caught between a rock and a hard place. Either you go rebuild and get a rookie quarterback or you overpay for Jones. They chose to go down that road. Mistake. Um, but I, I'm not putting it on him last night. I knew he threw a bad pick six. It looked like Brian Dayball was putting it on him. Boy, he looked disgusted. Did you see the one video where he threw the uh, uh, the Microsoft Surface? I like to you – know, for the NFL's sake, everybody calls it an iPad, but uh, he threw it in disgust. After right, but it, here's, uh, uh, and I guess I'm defending Daniel Jones. Didn't know that I was going to go there today. Um, <laughs> we know Dayball was disgusted. Do you know for sure he wasn't disgusted at the 
horrendous offensive play of their offensive line. Uh, it's possible, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it, it was just a bad visual because he went right up to Daniel Jones, showed him something on, on the, the, the tablet and just threw it in disgust. Uh, yeah. It could have been something else. You never know. Um, Cause that you talk, Daniel Jones had no chance last night. He's dropping back, and within 2.8 seconds, somebody was draped all over him last night. The, the the Seattle rush was getting home in the blink of an eye. That's how bad the Giants offensive line was. I forget how much money Daniel Jones got on his extension. Oh, 40 but, plus million per. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. The total number, 160. Four years, 160. Yeah. He should give 80 million of that to Ed Donatel. Because he single-handedly in two games got Daniel Jones that contract. I tweeted this morning. I said, and I say it all the time, and you probably remember me saying it. The hardest thing to do in the NFL for a GM executive is to be honest about what they have, about their own team. Be completely honest. And Joe Shane, who I liked and I thought did a great job in, in year one, he 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 bought into fool's gold, man. That was a terrible defense. Everybody knew it was a terrible defense. Um, and the Giants played in it. And you look at their – they win the playoff game against Ed Donatel. Then they come into Philadelphia. The Eagles had the easiest time in the world shutting down that offense. They paid more attention to the crappy defense that everybody scored on versus when he went up against a good defense and couldn't do anything. They just misvalued. They weren't honest with themselves. Yeah, and I since the day was drafted, I I didn't think Daniel Jones deserved to be drafted as high as he did. Uh, I think the Giants overevaluated him, and now they're paying an even bigger price. Now, somebody said last night, I think it was on a broadcast, it could screw them for the next five to ten years. No, that's no. You can no. you move on. You, you you can take it down and build it back up within two years if you do it right. If you make all the right moves. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't push into purgatory for a decade. That was a only if you keep doubling down. They have to be honest again and say, you know what, we made a mistake and move on. Yeah, and they're going to be in a position to do it probably because they're one of the worst teams in football. So, you know, they might not get Caleb Williams, but they're going to be in a position to get a top tier quarterback, and they can't say, oh. They got to do the Carson Wentz. They got to say, we made a mistake. Let's move on. They they may go down that road. All right, one quickie before we punch up Dave Zingaro, because speaking of tweeting, you said you tweeted out. I tweeted this out as soon as the game was over the other day. And then yesterday it was addressed. Nick Sirianni did not watch the game-winning field goal go through the uprights. <laughs> he turned and looked at, I, I didn't even know. Hey, he but, never watches field goals. That's what he said yesterday, and I had no idea that that was the case. You, you're you there every week. Did you ever notice him? Are you watching the action on the field? You ever peek over at Sirianni? I knew. He, I, I knew he like, didn't. He, he didn't. He said yesterday, I do that all the time. Yeah, well, Nick I knew. Sirianni, what I tweeted was Nick Sirianni was so confident that uh, his field goal kicker was making the game-winning kick. He didn't even think he needed to look at it. Apparently, does this all the time. Did you know that? I did. I did know it. Um, I don't pay attention to it because I'm looking at the kick. But right. yeah, I, I, I've noticed it before. And he tries to bend over backwards. It's obviously superstition. He's like, I'm not a superstitious guy, but it's 
you know, yeah, you are. That's why yeah, you don't watch exactly the kicks. You are. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. He doesn't watch him, and he he looks at Michael Clay, and uh, Michael gives him the thumbs up. It's typically the thumbs up with Jake Elliott. Um, but yeah, he mentioned it could be construed as not having confidence in Jake Elliott. It's just a weird quirk. I mean, a lot of people don't watch field goals. I'd notice fans. Um, I'm like, you're the head coach. You can watch the field goal, dude. I watch had, it. I had no idea if that was the case. They just caught him right on TV. And I said, holy mackerel, he didn't even watch. No. He apparently does it all the time. I, I did not know that. I thought never, it was something never to note on goals. Twitter. And no. then I found out yesterday. Yeah, Jody, why weren't you paying attention to the other two plus years of Nick Sirianni? Well, that, you're know. usually looking at the field goal. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a slave to uh, the uh, television. And they don't replay. show the coach a lot. Uh, you can't see it watching on television. No, um, I can't. But I will be in attendance in a couple of weeks when the Eagles and the Jets do battle at MetLife Stadium. So I'll keep an eye on Sirianni on the game. I don't think it's going to be a great watch from a Jet fan perspective. All right, he's uh, John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. We just had Les Bowen on with us. We go next to Dave Zingaro. He of NBC Sports Philadelphia scheduled to jump on in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank staffing is not easy but that's what we do every day all day the key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Magamac Bird 365 get together. We are joined by a guy... Who's going hoodie on his day? He looks good. He looks like he's ready to ball out. Dave Gazingo, get in there. Eagles are down. Safeties. You got to give us a helping hand. You ready? Yeah. I don't know if that'd be a good move. I might have <laughs> one snap in me until I snap, but I'd give it a go. Uh, I think you got one snap in you, Dave. But the key is, I want to know, do you watch field goals when Jake Elliott lines up? <laughs> I do. And I, it's funny, yeah. though. Like, you watch them. Not, you know, you're just watching to watch. And you kind of expect him to make them. Oh, the yeah. I had no doubt. 54. I'm like, but, you know, I see it. Graham Cano. That's the only thing the Giants uh, can do is kick field goals. Um, I think he made a 50. It's amazing how good these kickers have gotten. Um, and, and Jake's one of them. I mean, he is. That was closer to splitting the uprights than it was wide left or wide right. And it's 54 yards away. It's like nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, David Akers is the best kicker in Eagles history, but, like, this is different. It's, like, a different position than it was when Akers did yeah. it. Like, yeah. uh, to see Jake is, what, 10 for 16 on field goals of, of that deep? And I like, think he's six of his last seven. So, yeah. it, it's it's taken off. Um, for, and I, I can't really explain it. Um, but I, I do, I, I think it was funny the way Nick said, well, I'm not really a superstitious guy, but then he was incredibly superstitious. But there are bigger things to deal with with this team, Dave. And number one is they are 4-0. Um, there's only two teams that can say that. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. But, I mean, there's a lot of things you can nitpick and – what was your if, if you had to pick one thing out and say this just isn't good enough, what would it be? From the game or overall? Overall. Overall, I, I think if the Jalen hasn't looked like Jalen. Um, like if I look at just that one game, I think, uh oh, secondary is a problem. There's not enough talent yeah, there, which yeah. I think is a real problem um without Avante Maddox and and when you're banged up at safety. Uh but overall, you know, I think if the Eagles are going to go where we think they can go, it's going to be because Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP candidate, and he hasn't done that yet. I thought um, there were some encouraging signs last week or this week um, in, in on Sunday's game. Like I thought it was his best game so far, but he's still not looking like the guy he was from last year. And ultimately, like he needs to be that guy. He needs to be um, uh, an MVP level player because yes the roster is great around him but uh he played up to that level last year and it was a big reason why they almost won the whole thing so if he's not that then you start to wonder about uh where this team is actually going so i, I need, you need to see more from him he needs to be more consistent was encouraged by what i saw uh on sunday afternoon all right, two follow-up things. First, on the field goal kicking, the automatic uh, individual that Elliott's become. Got to give credit to a buddy of mine, Joe Cornick, who tweeted this to me last night. How much did the NFL change in over 40 years? Mark Mosley, in 1982, was the MVP, MVP yeah. of the National Football League. 
He never made a field goal over 48 yards the entire year. He got MVP, but he didn't make one over 48. And now guys come out for 55 yards. We go, I'll put those yeah. points on the board. By now the way, Mark Mosley was a straight-ahead kicker, too. Right. He wasn't even a, a soccer-style kicker. So. For Washington, a.k.a. used to be the Redskins. All right, your follow-up <laughs> on uh, Jalen Hurts. We just talked about this last hour. Last year, I remember succinctly when the Jalen Hurts contract signing came out, Nick Sirianni said, when asked about will he run less this upcoming year now that he's locked up for $250 million, uh, is that going to be the case? He said, why would I take away his superpower? I watched these first four games, and I think they've handcuffed his superpower. He just doesn't look like the same running quarterback. You said MVP status, Dave. How much of him being a running in the MVP last year was because how effective he was running the football. Is that an element that the Eagles are missing this year? Yeah, they're missing a little bit. He looks uncomfortable at times when he takes off the run. And it, I, I think it's always going to be a balance with him of like trying to figure out when he can take off, when he should slide, when he should fight for yards. Uh, and so far he's looked uncomfortable at certain times. There'll be like, he'll escape a pressure you think he's about to take off and then he'll slide for zero yards and you go well he didn't need to do that uh, you know um but like over like the long term part of it i think is valid and nick sirianni brought it up on monday that long term they do want him to protect himself they want him to take care of his body i think at times he's been able to pick and choose and he's done a good job choosing when to um invite some contact when he needs you know, when there's a got to have it situation, he'll play it a little differently, which is good. Uh, we haven't seen the chunk yardage on the ground. We saw that 124 yard run, mm -hmm. and that was vintage. We're like, that looks yeah. like, yeah, 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 exactly. I was starting to wonder if he was fast, like as fast as he's been, because he didn't look it. And I, I think he is as fast as he's ever been. I think it's just he's a little more tentative to do it and to invite that contact. And we've seen that. And uh, I start to wonder if that has taken over in the pocket a little bit. Some of the the uncomfortable um, looks he's he's shown in the pocket. I wonder if that's part of the whole mindset. And, and if it is like you got to you got to figure out how to work through that, because ultimately, I agree with the philosophy that he has to limit the hits he takes to be this franchise's long term franchise quarterback. But there has to be a balance. And I agree with you, Jody, that like he has not looked like the running threat he has been no. in the past. And I understand the threat of it is still effective, but if he doesn't start running it, you lose some of that effect. Mm -hmm. Now I do give some credit to the opposition, Dave. They're clearly playing a lot of zone. A lot of teams have spied them. They have their eyes on Jalen hurts at all times. Um, and that has limited uh, his ability to to run at least a little bit. So I think the opposition has changed uh, somewhat in how they try to play him. Jody brings up superpower. I always go back to Nick saying, "We're not uh, we're not paying him more to do less after he signed his contract." And he kind of did a one eighty yesterday and yeah. said, "Well, we talk about you know he's got to protect himself." Do you think the way he's handled it? And the way Nick was talking, is that more about protecting Jalen Hurts in a different way and saying, uh, yeah, this hasn't been effective. I'm going to try to spin this the best way possible. 
because I do think the Eagles as a whole want that running threat back in their offense as quickly as possible. I would agree with you, except the eye test tells me that it is really Jalen trying to limit the hits. Uh, I agree that it, it's been ineffective, but I watch it and it, it tells me that it's not just that it's not working. It, it's that, you know, he's avoiding this, the contact he's sliding. And sometimes the slides, you have to remember it's where you start to slide. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's looking like, Oh, maybe he'll pick up a few yards and then it's a, it's a, a no gainer and you're in second down all of a sudden. Uh, I, I think at times he's shown good instincts to stay in the pocket, but there have been far too many times for me where uh, it's been like a bad recipe because he'll he'll put his eyes down and start to run and then remember, oh, wait, I can't get hit and slide. So you had all these plays that maybe you buy some time in the pocket, you, you throw someone open, or you take off and run, and you're in the middle of that when you're so worried about getting hit that you end up kind of wasting downs. And we've seen that probably too much so far through four games. I DZ need you to get into the classroom and give me a grade. And I am for this specific question going to tell you, you should be grading on the curve of expectations. Who got a worse grade on Sunday's game against the commanders Eagles secondary or Eagles defensive line? Uh, even with the curve, I'll, I'll say Eagles secondary. Um, I, I thought the D line was not as consistently good as it probably needed to be, but I did think they got some good pressure. We saw the edges get there a few times. We saw Brandon Graham get his, uh, get his hand on the quarterback's arm. Thought Jalen Carter gave really great effort. Thought Fletcher played a good game. Uh, secondary. Yeah. I understand they're playing with limited resources, but. They were picking on Josh Job. They were picking on um, Terrell Edmonds. And I, I understand your point there. It's like there's way more talent on the D-line than, than yeah. the secondary. But they do work hand-in-hand. Hand. I, I think it was more on the secondary in that game. Yeah. Um, the MVP of the defense, the great Nicholas Morrow. Who didn't see that coming, Dave? Uh, what what a what a game. I think he had over 3,600 um NFL snaps with four career sacks. He ends up with three, did something. I forget the number, 11 tackles, three sacks, one force fumbled. No Eagle had ever done that before. Um, Seth Joyner brought it up to me after the show on our postgame show, and I dismissed him. And I want to, and I'm starting to think myself. He said, at what point do we start saying, well, maybe Nicholas Morrow's better than N'Kobe Dean? And I completely dismissed it, Dave. Why did I dismiss it? Do you dismiss it? Do we give too much deference to N'Kobe Dean because of what he did at the college level? Um, maybe we do. We haven't seen it at the NFL level. But, look, I, I think Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham have played well. Cunningham especially, honestly. Uh, they're not great in coverage. They're just not. Like, There's a reason you're blitzing Nicholas Morrow. Yeah, it's because you think you're better off with him blitzing than than you are with him in coverage. Theoretically, Nakobe is going to be better in coverage, and you need that. Uh, you're going to need that down the stretch. We haven't seen it yet because we haven't seen him play yet. Uh, but they went into the season with him as the Mike. They've they've said at every turn he's the guy. 
I have a hard time believing a couple of decent games from Nicholas Morrow is going to change that. So, you know, I, I understand the point that Seth's making, and I don't want to take anything away from Morrow, but it's probably still Nicobe's job. The interesting thing is, do they only view Morrow as a, a middle linebacker? Or will yeah, or he's played on the weak side, so he could push Zach as well. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Is yeah. it like, do you have Nicobe at the mic, and then you have either Cunningham or Morrow? battling for the will i'll tell you what cunningham has impressed me he was awful in week one to the point where i was like get him off the field he can't do anything <laughs> uh he's bounced back nicely I and mean, he's been yeah. a, he's been a fine player since then yeah. and i brought this up earlier need your take on it we know how the eagles just run guys in on the defensive line the uh, contavious uh, street somehow finds a way to get a couple snacks every week and Derek barnett finds a way to get snack uh, snaps and accomplish absolutely nothing um but the linebacker position last year it was the same two guys basically every single play nicobe dean entire season gets 30 snaps i call them on the carpet for it all the time they never rotate their linebackers if dean comes back and is playing well and cunningham and morrow have another good game again this week why can't they rotate linebackers they could uh the tricky thing is when you're running zone coverage, like the Eagles do quite a bit, the continuity back there means a lot yeah. more oh, yeah. than it does up front. Like up front, you got to worry about your rush lanes. You got to worry about a stunt here or there, but you can kind of mix and match and play different guys with different players on the back end. That's where the continuity means more because now you're worried about spacing and uh, now you're worried about, I, you know, if I'm the Kobe, I need to know where Zach Cunningham is at all times. And so I think it's a little harder. I don't think it's impossible to rotate at linebacker, but <clears> I, <throat> I do think it makes it trickier. And you have to remember in the secondary, they're already moving pieces around because you have James Bradbury going outside, inside. Uh, then you have a safety on the field. You might have Sidney Brown at the slot. So there's already a bunch of moving pieces in the back seven. If I'm Sean Desai, I have to think, is it really worth it to rotate a linebacker and potentially screw up that continuity just because I got a shoehorn in some snaps for Nicholas Morrow. Like, I, I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve. You probably heard me say it at some point, Dave, about this Spangio like scheme, the communication on the back end. I mean, when everybody is healthy and you have veteran savvy players like Slay and Bradbury, the Eagles did it better than anybody last year. 11 12 teams that play that scheme um when you have younger players all of a sudden you start to see coverage bust and guys who aren't used to playing um boy i i there's got to be a room for a tweak there when you have younger players and these moving parts i, I don't get the bradbury moving him into the, even a little bit that is an all pro outside corner I mean, you're paying him $13 million for a reason. Um, and he's your best option. I'm not saying that. He's a good player. He can ha handle it. He's he's held up well. But at what point, Stoutland talks about it on the offensive line, when you upset two positions, technically you're worse at slot and outside corner. What's your thought process on, on, on how they've handled that? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit there because – I don't think you're getting all out of James Bradbury that you can when you're playing him inside. He's, he's best suited to play outside corner. And I, I think 
situationally, I get it. And that's kind of what I go back to in, in training camp. I thought, yeah, this makes sense in some games to play him inside yeah. against some, some Kelsey bigger... Hawkinson, you know, if he was healthy, uh, glorified Mike Evans. Yeah. Put him in there, but yeah. Like Darren Waller who can't catch a football anymore. Yeah. Apparently uh, like those <laughs> types of players, it made sense to me as it being like a full-time thing. I don't think it's a good idea. The problem is the Eagles clearly don't trust Mario Goodrich. Uh, which, you know, I don't know why he's on the roster. If yeah, he's your that. backup nickel, your nickel gets hurt and he doesn't play, what are we What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they clearly trust Josh Job more. Maybe Job will get a lot better as the season goes on, but he's not going to turn into James Bradbury, and James Bradbury is probably never going to be as good as Avante Maddox as a nickel. So uh, this is a spot where I would look around the league. I would really canvas the league and – try to shake free a veteran who you can just plug and play at that nickel corner spot. I think that's worth it because right now this whole thing is in flux. I like Sydney in there at times. I don't think he's going to just be your, your starting nickel. I, I don't think that's going to yeah. be good or fair to him. So I would especially, look around. Uh, you know, Cooper cup's supposed to come back this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be healthy, but when you get that traditional slot receiver, that short area quickness guy, yeah, how did I mean that's doing a disservice to James Bradbury and and Sidney Brown? Yeah, um, they can't cover those guys, or no. at least like they shouldn't have to. You should have a, a nickel, and if it's not Mario Goodrich, go find a guy who who can do it. Yeah. All right, Dave, one of my favorite, I know probably my all-time favorite, uh, football rhyme, and I would give credit to whoever said it, but I don't know who that is. Maybe you can tell me. Uh, for preseason football analysis, you can't make the club in the tub, meaning if you're hurt, you're not going to be able to make the team. Uh, I'm going to try one of my own here. Tell me what you think. You can't be elite on your seat. How are the Eagles winning without the elite Quez Watkins? <laughs> I, it's just... I didn't know where you were going with that. Okay. <laughs> if I need to explain it, I'll explain it. But both Quez... First, the coach went out of his way to tell us, you guys are missing out. Quez Watkins is looking great. You're looking for a breakout star here this year. You better be watching Quez Watkins. And then Quez doubles downs and calls himself elite, despite his two receptions so far this year. Two receptions for Quez. The Eagles are doing just fine. How are they able to overcome not having Quez, the elite Quez Watkins in this lineup? Yeah, I mean, Alameda zero catches last week, really. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's the third receiver option. They can't even get Dallas Goddard the ball. Yeah. So there's probably not going to be much meat on that bone for Quez or Alameda or whoever else it is. Yeah, he's he's been hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I get your point there. I, I think the delta between him and Alameda is a lot smaller than it was. I wouldn't be surprised to see, even when Quez is back, them have Alameda out there. I think he deserves some more looks. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have much to say on Quez. He's, he's been hurt the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, Dallas, you mentioned, I asked Nick that yesterday. We're at, you know, we can't say quarter pole anymore because they play 17 games. But you know how much that bugs me, John? I, 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 that, all, three drives me insane. all three of us. All three of us. Yeah, drives me insane. But it, it is a small sample size. That's what uh, Nick said. It's still, but it's getting, 
you know, it's getting late early. Is it? Um, is it? A no, I don't think it is. They can't get them the freaking football. Yeah. What the heck is going on with Dallas Goddard? Yeah, it's it's all relative, but it's not a small sample size. We're four games in. He plays every snap just about. Right. And he hasn't been involved in the offense. I, I, I do agree with Nick that it's been like a, a few different factors. I don't think it's just one thing. But they have to figure out a way to get in the ball. They've done that for AJ. They've done that for Devontae. And if he's the third part of that, and that goes in no particular order, then you have to get him involved. They didn't pay him four years, $57 million to be a blocking tight end, even though he's good at blocking. He needs to catch the ball more. And uh, we've seen them make a concerted effort to get AJ involved early in games, which I think is a very good idea. You want to engage AJ Brown. But you can do that for... Dallas, you can manufacture touches for Dallas Goddard. Uh, he's so good after the catch. I'm fine with running the tight end screen. Yeah, there's a chance you take a negative play, but he has such the, he has such great potential to turn it into a big play. I'd run those here and there. Uh, he has to be more involved. Point blank, period. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction on Sunday's game, and it has nothing to do with the final score. Okay. Um, the Eagles are going to have to do some roster juggling coming into this contest because if Jerkins is going to be out, all right, you just plug in Suopat and he did a damn good job this past week. That's great. What happens if Jason Kelsey turns an ankle? And we know he's just a warrior never. and he he's, never he's, comes out, but stuff does happen. Guys get hurt. Somebody's got to snap the ball to Jalen Hurts. If they've got to use a roster elevation this week from the practice squad, is it to replace Britton Covey if he can't clear concussion protocol? And nobody can this year. He's not clearing protocol. I mean, nobody has in the entire league. So they need a punt returner too, Dave. Um, yeah, and- it's going to come down. So you you figure you have one elevation that's the punter. You have to mm-hmm. elevate the punter. You got to have the punter on the team, uh, even though he hasn't been great. Yeah, you have to have something to punt the football. Uh, then it comes down to do you want – a Kelsey replacement, or do you want um, a punt returner? The punt returner would be um, Greg Ward. Correct. The the punt returner on the roster would be Alameda Zacchaeus. At center, I think your elevation would be Julian Good-Jones. Um, it would not be Brett Toth. He couldn't snap the football Could not snap. in the summer. That's a problem. It yeah. would be Julian Good-Jones. Or, I mean, your options on the roster are pretty limited. You have Landon Dickerson, who did it in college a little bit. Um, and that's really it. I mean, Jack Driscoll, I know when he was coming out of Auburn, learned how to snap a football, but I don't think he's done it since. Uh, I, I think in in like a quick few plays, you'd be fine getting by with Jurgen or with Jurgens with uh, with Dickerson, but not ideal. Um, I think it'll come down to do they feel like they have a better replacement on the 53 for center or for punt returner and then uh vice versa and <clears throat> i think they'll try to weigh it out like that oh, and well, he, and you to wait you didn't give me an answer come on uh, you're in the coach's seat make the call which well, are you elevating what, what was the question who am i elevating julian jones yeah right, julian. You, you gotta have a backup center even That's though right, kelsey's never that you have to have that safety yeah. you have to yeah you, you can send a lamine back there and say hey fair catch that football yeah yeah um, the problem is you're chance. also going into a game with four receivers. This is where the, the roster gymnastics gets tricky when you've been playing this game with the punter all season. Yeah. Any he, chance, that's what I was about to say. 
Brayden Mann has not been impressive punting the football. Although his last punt was good. Yeah, his last punt was good. Um, Any chance they speed it up and they just put him on the 53, you know, or if Jerkins is going to miss four games, they could put him on IR. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll see if if that roster spot opens up. Yeah. Uh, If it does, then they'll they'll just sign Julian Good-Jones to the active roster and go from there. Uh, I think there's a chance that happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like once Ken gets a few days away from that game, we'll see how he how he's looking. Uh, but it is the tricky part. You have these elevations, and the Eagles have been really playing around with it, having their punter. <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, no, the teams aren't doing this right. Like teams have a punter on their fifty three, and I agree with you. Man hasn't been good, but that last punt was actually really. Yeah, it was great. the last punt was solid. It was forty seven uh, yards yeah. down to at what the seven. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a big punt. Yeah, maybe he's turning so. the corner. Yeah, possibly. At D Zangaro NBCS, follow Dave on X Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, does a tremendous job. Watch him on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, one of the best in the biz. I'll end it here with you, Dave, from my perspective. A lot of uh, Nick got a lot of questions because that's where we are. They keep winning games. It's hard to. But, you know, there were some issues. Do you try to drain the clock? Uh, do you think that was Jalen Hurts or was that a Brian Johnson play call going for the touchdown? They give the time back to the dreaded Sam Howell. I didn't have a problem with that because your defense has got to hold up. The third and 11 with Kenny Gainwell. Situational play calling. Where are you with the Eagles coming out of that game? Yeah, there's some real questions. Uh a third and 11 run that Kenny Gainwell in the red zone. No. And he fumbled, by the way. Yeah. It wasn't for Johnson. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. That to me, that was the most egregious one. Uh, <laughs> as far as look, I would have tried to run the clock out and kick the field goal to win a regulation. I understand Nick's point that like, we'll never apologize for scoring points or whatever. Yeah. But I get that. You, you expect your defense to be able to hold, uh, but you had watched, them not hold he had watched them struggle against sam howe who by the way isn't awful honestly the most egregious coaching decision was from the other sideline ron, ron rivera, rivera's got to go for two like, what he? are we doing ron rivera yeah. riverboat yeah no, riverboat i've, I've no stripped more. him of that nickname he can yeah no he, he's, he lost that. it i mean yeah. what are you doing you're yeah. you're an eight and a half point underdog. You got a chance to win this game on the road Still your, your reasoning is that your guys are gassed that's even more of a reason to not send it to over. It made no sense. It still makes no sense. That was egregious. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, Dave, in that I would have just gone for a first down and then a field goal and not even taken it into overtime. And I do believe they had a great ISO camera on him that when Patrick Mahomes got up from sliding down at the two yard line, yard line, I think I saw him say Sirianni. That 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 yeah. don't always have to score. As By the many way, Patrick as Mahomes got outplayed by Zach Wilson. Who who didn't see that coming? <laughs> but yeah. much like the Eagles, they won. Right, the Kansas City Chiefs did win the game. Good teams win games like that. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Need to win games like that. All right, Dave. Last thing: Who's going to L.A.? You, Rube, or both? I'll be going. Yeah. Rube doesn't go oh, anywhere. Oh, Rube's got to do the post game show. Yeah, he's yeah. got to do the post game. Right. Well, um, safe... have you been to SoFi yet? Have you been? I there? haven't. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah. Cool. Safe Same trip, 
my friend, thank you very much for jumping in with us today. We'll get you on in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. Nice, Dave. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philly, here with us on Birds 365. All right. On the Jacob Media YouTube channel, coming up in less than 10 minutes, we have a new show that is debuting today, the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Carullo, who you've seen here on Birds 365. Done a real nice job jumping in, filling it for Johnny Mack when he needs uh, to run over to South Philly for Eagles responsibilities. Big Bill getting his own show, the Philly Sports Power Hour, coming up in less than 10 minutes here on Birds 365. We'll come back and put a bow on this show. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. And then get ready for the new show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Carlarulo coming up in just over five minutes from now. Hi, Johnny Mac. What do you got on the docket today? Uh, uh, coordinator day. 
Little uh, Sean Desai, Brian Johnson, Michael Clay. We get to hear Michael Clay talk about Nick uh, not watching field goals. I imagine he'll get a lot of questions about that. But he's not going to tell you who's going to be returning punts on Sunday. Is no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That, that's not an answer you'll be getting on Tuesday. That you're going to have to wait for at least to the weekend, if not later than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and decide, yeah, I, I'm interested to see if the size says, yeah, I'll be blitzing more going forward. We can judge the results and that's the case, but I don't know that he'll necessarily cop to that today. Do you think? No. He will? Well, no, I mean, he, he blitzed for a specific reason, very young quarterback, not a lot of experience, exact opposite this week. I, I think you're back to normal. The blitz rates uh 22.8%. They were 30.4% against Sam Howell. So that went up a little bit to 22.8. I think you're back down into the uh into that range, uh the more typical range. Probably a little bit less if anything. Right. Uh cuz Stafford uh, is a grizzled veteran, but we don't even know that Stafford's going to play. And the yeah. Rams backup quarterback is uh, oof, I haven't looked yet. Who yeah, is nor, nor do I know. That's why I'm asking you. Is it, <laughs> should uh, know, but I don't know. Uh, I know they head. moved on from uh John Wofford, so that uh, that can't be uh, the uh, the kid they no, yeah, the kid they drafted, uh, Stetson Bennett, right? Oh, yeah, he's hurt though, isn't he? Is um, he hurt? Yeah, all right. We got we got two minutes. I'm gonna who's look the, it up. Who's right their here. veteran backup guy? Uh, I think Brett Rippin. Brett Rippon is the oh, backup. The immortal Brett Rippon. Yes, Brett Rippon. So, you know, if Matthew Stafford can't go, I, I'm going to like the Eagles quite a bit. Nothing against Brett Rippon, but uh, yeah. Uh, Stetson Bennett is on the non-football injury list. Really? So, okay, so he's um, not he's even not an option. in play. Yeah. They got a practice squad quarterback? I should have looked this up. Um, they do not. So they're one of those teams with only two quarterbacks, and I don't like that. You have that Neither do I. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't like that. Uh, Brett Rippon and Matt, especially, you know, Matthew Stafford's banged up. If he can't go, they're screwed. They got one QB. Yeah, that is yeah. bad, Joe. This good. This good. Yeah, that is really bad. This could play to the Eagles' advantage. All right, Johnny Mac, we'd be out of time. Uh, tell Michael Clay I said hi. Uh, you and I back here tomorrow. You in? Uh, yeah, uh, big Wednesday, big practice day. Wednesday, and we'll find out if the Phillies are up for one nothing at that point or down one nothing. Uh, but he, McMullen, me, McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys will be back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.